I actually went out and did a challenge. I did a 40 day challenge and had a film crew follow me. And I had a goal of taking a thousand bucks flying across the country. So I lost all my connections. I didn't get my team. I didn't get my employees. I got my smartphone and my car. And um, my goal was to make the average American income in 40 days, which was $40,000. And um, I wanted to show people not only how, how to do it, how to find those discounted properties, how to find your end buyer, you know, how to negotiate, how to identify a seller that does want to sell for speed and convenience over price, how to have those conversations. And I wanted to document everything day by day. And I did, and I have it for free for you guys to watch. So you guys can watch it all the way through if you have any interest in understanding this. But I think what's most important besides the how is the belief. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Sean and Lacey here with you, just as we are each and every week. This week, we have a very special guest that's going to help us to tackle a topic that is of great interest to so many of you. I know that um, many, many years ago, well, just a few years ago, we brought in Dave Steck. We'll have to get him back on the mm-hmm. on the None of Your Business podcast and he sort of opened the eyes to a lot of people about the possibility of leveraging real estate to create passive income. Then um, we introduced our community to Dan Nicholson, and he talked about leveraging real estate for all of the tax reasons, the, the depreciation and 1031 exchange and all of that, the benefits that come about tax-wise. But here's what we found is that a lot of people were convinced because of these two experts of the utility of investing in real estate, but they just really didn't know what where to get to started. Do. What yeah. to do, right? <laughs> what so do I do next? Here, here's the thing. If you've ever bought a home, right? And we differentiate this, like your home is where you live, right? right? And then you might go out and buy, buy, buy houses, you might buy properties as an investment. If you've ever bought a home, you know what a long, cumbersome process that can be. It's a challenge especially if you're doing it for the first time. Well, then now you want to branch out into real estate and there's so many things, right? You know, should I be buying and doing short-term rentals, putting them out as Airbnbs? Should I be buying and holding them long-term? What about that BRRR? What about flipping? What about hard money lending? And then it gets so confusing that a lot of people just stop. They just get frozen in their tracks. So what we're doing is we have invited Zach Booth to join us. He has a a business called, or I'm sorry, a podcast called Driving for Dollars Mastery, his website, DFD Mastery. And he actually went out all on his own to prove a point, and he turned $1,000 into $40,000. We're going to talk all about how he did that through real estate, and hopefully that will help you. Zach, welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Before we jump into the whole premise of of what you've been doing in real estate, there is a Zach Booth prior to all of this. And for our listeners, this is always a very important thing because 
sometimes, you know, you'll see a guest, especially in this topic, right? right. We could be talking about real estate and it's like, yeah, but you work you, with, you must be an expert or you must, have or you work with, you know, a family office. And so of course you have unlimited funds or like all of these things. Mm -hmm. How did you end up, you know, what was your journey to have you end up where you are today? Well, really what got me there is I was sick of being broke. <laughs> you know, it was, the, the pain of being broke is a huge motivator in life. You know, it's uh, nothing too special about me. Um, I, I, I recognize that. Um, I was, I was 14 years old. I started working at 11. My father, you know, was hard, hard dude raised by a Korean war vet. And, um, really rough childhood, borrowed food from his neighbors to feed his younger siblings. Um, his real father's an alcoholic and gambler. So my dad came from a very rough background and it was my dad's way or the highway. And, uh, I have three brothers and one sister and he wanted all of us to be independent people. He considered us adults at 16, cut me off financially at 16. I uh, paid for my food and housing and that was it after 16. And so you know, at 11 as is the age that we started working, we did uh, lawn mowing. So my dad had a full-time job and so did my mom. And it was the family business. We'd mow lawns, uh, after, after work. And so I remember when I was 14, I was bothered. I was mowing lawns, these giant mansions. We didn't have a large house, very simple house. And I, I remember asking my dad, it's like, dad, why are we broke? You know, I finally got the courage. I was like, why do they have money? We don't. And, um, and he's like, He's like, son, I don't know. Ask my rich friend. And uh, his rich friend's name was Clint. And he told me to read the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you guys haven't read that book or, or, or listened to the book on audio, I highly suggest you do. One of the things that talks about is taking ownership of your financial situation. He talks a lot about real estate investing and um, making your money grow through real estate. And so at 14, you're 14 years old, my brain started working, started my first business, uh, walked away from the family business. Um, when I was 15, started framing, um, doing finished carpentry, uh, made handcrafted cheese, worked as a taxidermist. All this is after school and weekends and summers. And, uh, when I was 17 years old, I decided to start my own business because at 16, I was cut off financially. My dad wouldn't even co-sign a loan to buy a truck. And so I was like, okay, well, trading hours for dollars is not working for me. Um, because I'm trying to do high school basketball. Um, I would love to go on a date, but I can't afford one. <laughs> and so I, I'm dealing with all this at a young age and I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful that my dad required that I grew up and take ownership of my life at such a young age. And so at 17, I started my first business. I went to Nova Scotia, Canada and worked 80 hour work weeks to afford my first vehicle cash. I bought my first cell phone, uh, went through cricket because it was the only carrier that didn't um, require credit scores or you being 18 and, um, printed some flyers and went door to door. And I started my first window cleaning business. I grew that business for a decade. Uh, when I finally walked away, uh, I had three trucks and 13 employees. And from the outside looking in, I was super successful, but, but in reality, I was paycheck to paycheck. Uh, the bigger I got, the less money I made. There was so many struggles with growing that service business. I thought I was dumb. I always told myself I was dumb. And so I needed to hustle. I struggled in school, probably because I didn't do a lot of school. Um, I just worked a lot. And um, 
I just had a lot of issues. And like the big thing um, was when I first got married, when I was about 21, 22 years old, um, I bought a duplex and I was living in one half and renting the other. And I was like, this is incredible. Like this is rich dad, poor dad. I'm going to do a ton of these. But then I had all the barriers of I needed down payments from my next one, or I had to keep moving into the next property. And my wife got pregnant again. And it was just, there was so many barriers. And I tried flipping a house. That was a nightmare. I lost $5,000. And and it was, I just hit one barrier after the other to become successful in real estate. That's what I wanted to do. And um, I kind of had given up on the idea. And then my son was born. Um, he's now almost eight years old. And the day my son was born, there was so much pain because he was born and I got the bill from the hospital on, you know, I'm sweating bullets. How much is it going to cost me? And, you know, I had insurance, but a large deductible. And I got the bill and it was like seven grand is what I had to pay. And I remember thinking like, how am I ever going to pay this off? Um, and I remember feeling so discouraged. I remember like um, feeling horrible about myself as a man, as a provider, as, as, a, as someone that was supposed to take care of his kids and his wife. And um, I still get emotional, right? Because I was upset that I couldn't take care of my family the way they deserved. And then I was upset that I was upset that I couldn't just enjoy the moment. And I was just focused on money. And I was like, this has to change. Like I have to do something different. And like that pain was really what finally pushed me to start educating myself and find a way and not an excuse, but find a way. Mm. So, Such a, it's such a powerful story. I mean, and coming full circle from feeling that pain at such a young age when you didn't have money and recognizing the difference between your family and this other family and that desire to learn. And then when your son being born, feeling that pain again, I can imagine that that was a huge driver. And I think what's so special about your story is that, um, you, like Sean said at the beginning, you didn't start off like where this was just handed to you. I love that you yeah. lost money on your first flip. But I was going to say, and, so and, and awesome. that you've gone through all these like trials. <laughs> yeah, like, like $5,000. $5, like that was, that could have, I don't know. When did that, did that happen before your son was born? You said? Um, no, that was, that was right after. It's that when was I was right trying, after. you know, and yeah, but the everybody paints it like you can't lose. You can lose. You can lose. <laughs> the problem, the, dude, I was there Christmas Eve swinging the hammer. I worked my butt off. And like, that was the biggest pain is it wasn't that I lost five grand, right? It was that I worked my ass off for like a month and a half. And then, you know, the punch to the stomach and the stress of trying to get it sold. And like, am I going to, you know, it was horrible. It was, mm -hmm. it was terrifying to get into debt and trying to do something for my family. And then I lose money and lose all that mm -hmm. time. And it's like, do I give up? What do I do? Yeah. So what made you say, I'm going to just keep going and try it again? Well, cause you know, feeling sorry for myself, wasn't going to change the fact that I was broke. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm so grateful to be a family man. I'm so grateful for my, I'm going to get emotional. Aww. Sorry. I hate getting emotional. Um, every time I talk about my wife, I get emotional because she's, she's such a, a motivator. Um, I was going to drop out of college when we were first married because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew that's what I wanted. At least I had that going for me. I didn't want to work for someone. I had had the taste and I was going to college and doing the window cleaning business and it was just too much. And my wife's from Brazil. So I was dealing with immigration paperwork mm -hmm. and doing trade work for our attorney. You know, I put in uh, sheetrock and, and these nice naughty alder beams and trim and baseboards and, and uh, slate front entrance. I was doing all this work after, you know, college day job 
night job at his house. And um, I finally went to my wife and said, I can't do it all. I want to drop out of college. And I was terrified to tell her dad's a very educated man, speaks three languages, two like major degrees in, in, in Brazil. And I'm like, dude, like, she's so beautiful. She's so smart. Like, she's going to be like, dude, you like, you're not taking care of me. And mm -hmm. I was so terrified to tell her. And I'm like, babe, I want to drop out. She's like, oh, that's fine. I believe in you. That's, that was her words. And, and so like, there was this fire and desire to prove her right. Yeah. Right. And so she always encouraged me. And so I've always had this massive amount of drive from the time I was young. I've always had work ethic and like this competitiveness in me. But that that love for my family has been even more of a driver for me than it ever could have been. Because I always tell this to people, the pain of of not having the success has to outweigh the pain of doing the work because becoming successful will require sacrifice. It will require you work when you don't want to. It'll require you don't go to bed early. It'll require you wake up early. It'll be painful. It will not be fun. There will be a season of hustle and there's no way around it, but you have to understand the pain of not having it will have to outweigh it, right? Because, you know, we're, we're animals. We're going to, we're going to take the path of least resistance, mm -hmm. right? So let's um, start unpacking how someone that is listening, because now you, you know we've established you have quite the compelling story. You didn't just wake up one day and your dad taught you real estate. Fall into real estate success. So we should right. we should listen to this guy. Mm -hmm. So let's start unpacking then you know what you've learned and what you are sharing with the rest of the world relative to how they can get a start in real estate. Yeah. So I started washing windows and listening to podcasts just like this, right? And someone got on and mentioned something called real estate wholesaling. Mm -hmm. So what real estate wholesaling is, is you find someone that wants speed and convenience for their house over price. They essentially want a pawn shop. They know they can get more, but you know, they're tired landlords. They inherited the property. Their crackhead brother lives in the back room <laughs> and they don't want to deal with it, right? Like this kind of stuff happens often. And if you can find those people that want convenience over price, you can get properties at 50 to 40 cents on the dollar. And that's all fine and good if you have the money to buy them, right? I thought. But in this podcast, he talked about how you can take those discounted opportunities and not even buy them, but pass the opportunity on to a different investors for a finder's fee. And people are talking about making $100,000 a deal, right? And I can tell you this, my average deal in Utah is about $31,000 on passing on the opportunity. And I thought, aha, that's it. I can go work. I can go knock doors. I can cold call. I can work my butt off. I've been doing it for decades, right? I'm going to go and figure out how to find properties at massive discounts. And what that'll do is it'll put massive amounts of cash in my pocket. I'll be able to walk away from window cleaning. I'll take care of my family. But the best part is, is I'll be able to cherry pick the best discounted properties for buy and hold investing to take advantage of all of the benefits of real estate investing that I've been studying about. This is the entry to my success. So listening to that podcast was the aha moment. And it wasn't an immediate success from there. I knew what I needed to do. I hired a mentor, complete waste of money. Worst, worst mentor you could have. It was, he sold me a giant package of information. Good dude. You know, it, it's fine, but it wasn't action A through Z. Do these action steps, implement, do the work. I'll be there to support you and answer questions as you get stuck, but just follow the steps. 
So I paid 10 grand for that coach, massive amount of more confusion after his program. He's teaching me about short sales and pre foreclosures, sub twos and all this stuff that I use now, but it wasn't useful. I needed to find discounted properties and wholesale properties. That's all I needed. And so, um, kind of got skeptical for a while until I met my next mentor and he changed my life. Um, I met him the very beginning, first Monday of January, 2017 at a RIA meeting, the real estate investors association meeting where a bunch of nerdy real estate investors like me, we get together and network. Right. And, and he was the one presenting on stage and he shared real estate wholesaling and how he'd had success. And he was a mentor and how he helped people and how his, his, his coaching was structured. I joined his program and in um, the next eight months, I made over $100,000, completely walked away from window cleaning. The next 12 months after that, I did just shy of a half a million. And then after that year, I did about $1.2 million in wholesale fees. And I accumulated a whole bunch of rentals as well. It was, it was life-changing. I, I want to um, take a pause for a moment because we do have a lot of uh, newbies when it comes to real estate investing. And so I just want to define a couple of terms. Number one, um, what is a discounted property? Okay. So if the house, let's say, is worth $100,000, no, let's say, let's say $200,000 fixed up, right? Well, if you can get it for $60,000 and it needs $20,000 in rehab, Let's say you buy the house for 60, you put $20,000 in rehab, and then you have to pay the real estate agent and everything else to sell it for you. You'll be all in at a hundred thousand. That's your cost. Mm -hmm. You could turn around and sell it for 200. You just made a hundred thousand. So when I say deeply discounted property or properties at 30, 40 cents on the dollar, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about big fat paydays because you get them at a good price. You know, if you can't, if, if you can consistently find properties at really, really, really big discounts, it's kind of hard to not make money, right? All right. So here's what we're missing. So I love to play this. Every week we play this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the listener or the viewer, and they're excited. They're like, yes, Zach, we're on to something here. I'm going to do this. Here's what I'm missing. Just like probably what you thought when you were getting your start. Uh, well, how am I going to find these properties, number one? And even when I do find the property, how do I find the other person? Because if I don't have the capital to purchase it, I'm going to pass that on. But I don't know people just in my, you know, in my phone, in my contacts that are trying to do this. So how do we make those two connections? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you guys exactly how to do it, right? For free. I'm even going to show you guys how to do it. You guys can learn for free, right? So um, I actually went out and did a challenge. I did a 40-day challenge and had a film crew follow me. And I had a goal of taking a thousand bucks flying across the country. So I lost all my connections. I didn't get my team. I didn't get my employees. I got my smartphone and my car. And um, my goal was to make the average American income in 40 days, which was $40,000. And um, I wanted to show people not only how, how to do it, how to find those discounted properties, how to find your end buyer, you know, how to negotiate, how to identify a seller that does want to sell for speed and convenience over price, how to have those conversations. And I wanted to document everything day by day. And I did, and I have it for free for you guys to watch. So you guys can watch it all the way through if you have any interest in understanding this. But I think what's most important besides the how is the belief. 
Because I remember when I first learned about wholesaling, I had a massive amount of disbelief because why in the crap would someone sell their house for half of what they could get, you know, get for it if they did the work and fixed it up? Because my thought I was that I would never do that. I would try and squeeze as much out of that lemon as possible. And um, so I was a major skeptic. And if you if you don't have a massive amount of belief that it's possible, you're not going to roll up your sleeves and sacrifice hours and hours and put money into marketing and try and find discounted properties if you don't believe it's possible. If you don't believe it's possible, you won't ever take action and work your butt off. If you don't ever work your butt off, you won't have results and you won't have that confidence and spiral upwards and have more and more success. Right. And so I did this 40 day challenge, not just to teach you guys how, but to give you the belief and faith in yourself. So you can see Goober Zach out there doing the work. Yes, I have a work ethic, but I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the funniest guy. Like I'm just a regular dude. I really am. Right. And my wife probably thinks I'm really great, but I I don't know how I convinced her that I'm I'm anything different, right? So you guys can can really do this, and you guys can watch how it's possible. So you got to go to DFD Mastery. That's driving for dollars. D as in dog. DFDMastery.com. That's where you can access these the the videos that Zach is talking about, and you can yeah, actually. The, the, the dfdmastery.com is just my main website. There's a special link to get access just to the videos. So it's dfdmastery.com forward slash 40 in 40. 40 and 40. 40 and 40. Yep. 40 and 40. And I think everybody's going to want to jump on that. But of course, as he's saying that you have to have the right mindset mm. in order to start tackling these things. So just, uh, I want to come back to that, but I want to paint, um, the, the end picture. So you, we, you get through all of this, you, you, you get your mentors, you start this process, you obviously get this wholesaling down, but where are you now? What does life look like? What are, what are you doing in real estate these days? Yeah. So my, my real estate investing business, we we're going to probably do over $2 million this year. Uh, we're going to do about 36 fix and flips where we actually buy, hold and, and clean them up and sell them. Um, we're going to do around 60 traditional wholesale deals. Um, and I should increase my net worth by buying rentals and, and a few other things by over a million dollars this year. Right? So that's my core business. I spend no more than four hours a week in that business personally. Mm -hmm. I look at my financials. I have people that negotiate my deals. I look at my, my, or that does all, do all my marketing, put all my financials together. My bookkeeper right? I've automated that business. I spend all of my time doing things like this, right? My YouTube channel. I do two YouTube videos, two podcasts, two other people's podcasts. I do five TikToks, three Instagram reels, two emails every single week. Right. And why do I do that? Right. Most people are like, why in the heck would you do that? If you're making so much money in your real estate business, why do you do this? Why do you teach it? And why do you have people pay you to coach them? Why do you do that? Right. It's completely legitimate. Right. I'm going to tell you guys this. I lost a ton of money by becoming a real estate coach because I took my focus off of what was important to me. I went from $1.2 million one year to $700,000 the next year and lost $8,000 that year as a coach in my coaching business. Why did I do that? Right. So here we go. The year that I did just shy of a half a million, 2018. 
at the end of that year, I'm pinching myself. I wrote, I went to the bank. I wrote a $50,000 check, paid off my vehicle. I, I, I took my wife to Hawaii. She got to go be in Brazil for a month with her family. And so did I. I took a whole month off. And I was having my cake and I was eating it too. I was so, so grateful. I, I couldn't believe I was where I was at. But towards the end of the year, I start prepping for my new goals for 2019. I had a friend invite me to do a self-help journal called Living Your Best Year Ever. And um, I said, yes, let's do it. And, and what it is, is it's a journal. You keep track of day to day working on your goals for the year. But the first hundred pages of this journal is basically a book that helps you prepare to make three big goals and what you need to do and who you need to be to accomplish those goals. So one of the things that taught is whatever your goals are, you have to give what you want to receive. So if you want money, you give money. If you want uh, love, you give love, right? And so one of my goals was a financial goal. I wanted to do a million dollars in my wholesale business that year. And I honestly had no idea how I was shocked. I had done just shy of a half a million, but I wanted to take the teaching serious. If I set a goal of a million dollars, I had to give away a million dollars, which is kind of counterintuitive. Right? I didn't have a million dollars sitting around just to give away. Frankly, I didn't want to give it. And I'm trying to take this thing serious. I like the concept. I liked what it said in the book. I was like, that's pretty cool if I could help someone and really help them. Plus, I didn't like the idea of giving someone a million dollars because it's like giving someone a fish and not a fishing pole. Right? It wouldn't really serve them or help them. Right? How many people win the lottery and file bankruptcy two years later? Later, They're worse off because they won the lottery. So I'm like, I'm like, got this like inner turmoil of like, how do I do this and do this properly? Talk to my wife about it. And we decided, why don't we find 10 people that are already doing real estate wholesaling, but struggling to get deals? Why don't I teach them the marketing system that I use to make a half a million? If I could get 10 people to just implement that marketing system and teach them what I was doing, I could easily put a million dollars in their businesses and really make a difference in their lives and their business and, and give them a fishing pole as well. And, and so I was like, all right, that's it. That's what we're going to do. And so I went to my mentor, Tom, and I was like, brother, like, I want to do this. I want to put a million dollars in 10 people's pockets. Will you help me find some students that'll implement and um, he said, first of all, you can't coach them for free or they won't take you serious. So he helped me get my 10 students and um, I started teaching them. And the craziest thing ever happened. The more I taught, the more I learned, the more I realized how many mistakes I was making in my business. I'll give you one simple mistake. I was sending postcards to potential sellers, right? And on the phone, there was a tracking phone number and I said, text or call if you'd like an offer. And one of my students asked me, Zach, when you put these tracking phone numbers, how do you know that you're receiving the text messages? Because I'm only receiving the phone calls, not the text message. I started scratching my head. I was like, man, I haven't received a text message in over a year. Right. And I left hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably like 300 grand in leads the previous year because I didn't do one little tiny thing correctly. And that's just one of many mistakes that I was making in my own business that I discovered and learned from teaching other people. But beyond going from a half a million to 1.2 million that year in my wholesaling business because of teaching and I learned more than I ever would have learned by just paying a coach. And, um, but, but more important and more special to me is the fulfillment that I found. Every other business and everything that I had ever done was all about making money to take care of my needs and my family's needs. And I finally found something that was a calling, something that I found purpose, something that gave me complete fulfillment and joy. And it was serving and helping other people have financial success.
and watching their joy of being broke and not being able to take care of their families to being able to take care of and serve and help their families and their communities. And, you know, my first, one of my very first students, Michael McLeish, he texted me last September, two years after I coached him. He said, Zach, congratulations. I myself have now made over a million dollars from what you taught me. He knew that was my goal with original 10. He was my very first student, right? Um, Scott Dowinger, his very first deal, over 113 grand on one assignment fee, meaning he found a discounted property, sold the opportunity for $113,000. Him and his wife able to quit, quit the corporate world. They're full-time in this. They have two acquisition managers, absolutely crushing it in Portland, Oregon now, right? And so I, I made these relationships and helped these people. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. Like, forget wholesaling. I got to automate this thing so I can take care of my family and have what I need. And so that next year, I lost a ton of money because I completely removed myself from the company, hired people, you know, worked on my efficiencies and in its climb back up much above whatever, you know, it was. Plus I have all the freedom and I've spent all my time on, uh, on coaching and I've, I've literally lost about $7,000 cumulative as a coach over the last two years. I hope to make a profit this year though, which would be nice, but you so know, that's why I became a coach. I love what you're talking about because we're big believers in, and essentially the universe paying you back, right? And I think that what you're putting out there, you're gonna get tenfold because you're putting out things that drastically impact and change other people's lives. And that's really powerful, right? I mean- it, and, and it feels good. And it, it feels good. It feels I mean, good. to have somebody text you and say, my wife and I got to quit our corporate jobs, our life has changed, we're making millions of dollars by you giving to them. I mean, that's a really powerful message. And, yeah. and so I, I'm imagining my, our listeners out there thinking, this sounds great and I want this for my life. I want this for, for myself, for my family. Um, but it sounds like it could be a lot of, of work. Like what does somebody have to be willing to give into this to get this started? As much as it takes, right? So if your first instinct is that sounds like a lot of work and I don't know if I'm willing to do it, don't do it. Then it's not right for you. Yeah. And don't do it, right? It is a lot of work and it's going to take some sacrifice. And if the thought is, oh, it would be nice to have financial success, well, you probably won't ever have it. And, mm -hmm. and I don't mean to be rude, but there's a big difference between I have to, I will do whatever it takes as long as it takes, you know, and, and make whatever sacrifice I have to make um, to be successful versus it would be nice if it was structured this way and I only had to work this many hours and I could do this mm -hmm. and that, right? So if there's ultimatums, if there's, um, you know, if there's a limit to, to how much pain you'll go through before you give up on your dreams, you probably should never start because mm -hmm. it's always going to be harder than you think. Um, so that's my first suggestion. Um, you know, maybe I just scared away every single person and, and that's not <laughs> no. good. <'cause> <laughs> They're used to hearing that talk. We, we, I, I think that that's fantastic. That was soft, it, Zach. It's, that it's was soft. soft. <laughs> This is not a thing that you dip your toe in the pond, right? Because yeah. you're going to lose if that's your mentality. And I, I, we talk about that all the time. People always have these big goals and they talk about these things that they, they want, they wish they had. But the reality of it is the mindset doesn't match the desire. 
right? And if your mindset doesn't match what you wish you had, the desire, the goal, you're never going to get it, right? And so yeah. I think that that's what you're talking about. And it's it's true. Let yeah. me say this every single week. If you just heard Zach and you, you know, Zach said, well, look at Goober Zach. And if you thought to yourself, well, I could do this, but you didn't go to dfdmastery.com. We're already off to a bad start, right? You're, <laughs> you're, so, so we talk about this all the time. Like you can, you can tell people that they need to get off their couch. They need to put, take out their headphones. They need to pick up their smartphone or their computer. They need to go to dfdmastery.com. That starts the journey. From there, they have all the other things that they have to do. But I've never seen anybody get rich by listening to a podcast. So you actually have to put in the work. Absolutely. Um, before we let you go, Zach, um, through your fascinating story, um, what do you feel have been your most valuable lessons that you've learned in real estate? What are some things that you could share with our audience um, that might cut their learning curve? Where have you paid the dummy tax in real estate? Um, there's there's a couple things. The first one I, I, I would say is trying to learn it on my own and make all the mistakes myself. Right. I would, I would find a mentor. Right. So, so first identify exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Like if you're trying to like do giant multifamily syndications, like giant multifamily deals where you're doing 200 unit apartment buildings or bigger, and you're trying to make a million dollars profit or more per deal, right. Find a coach that that's what they do. And that's what they coach. Well, you know, that's not me, right? I teach wholesaling. I teach how to find properties using driving for dollars, right? If you want to get into wholesaling, I really don't believe there's a better coach than me that is more invested in his students than me, right? Um, so identify first what you're trying to accomplish and why that's why you're trying to accomplish. How is that going to serve you and your family? Be very clear on that's what you want and you have to have it and you will not stop until you have it, right? Once you have that that destination. Now it's time to go search for someone that can help you along the way, right? You're Luke Skywalker and you need Yoda, right? So then I would go out and go, okay, um, I need a coach. This is the filter you go by. I've hired, uh, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in coaching for me to be successful in all the things that I've pursued over the last 10 years of my life. And I found there's great coaches and there's horrible coaches that are not worth a dime. And this is the filter I go by. First, are they accomplishing? Are they doing exactly what I'm trying to accomplish? If you're trying to make a million dollars a year as a wholesaler and they are not, do not hire them as your coach. They're teaching in theory, right? Save that for college, right? If you want to accomplish something and you hire a mentor to get you there, make sure they've done it themselves. The second filter is, um, are, are they consistently getting the same results you're trying to get for other people? Do they consistently actively have successful students week after week? Are they putting out successful students currently? Is their last testimonial video from three years ago, right? That's a bad sign because teaching someone and helping someone find success is a whole nother ball of wax than doing it yourself. You have to have the heart of a teacher to get a student through their emotional and their, their, their beliefs in themselves and in the process, and then teach the, the, the action steps in a way that could be simply followed. Right? So that's the second filter is students are, does he have successful students? He or she have successful students. Third is, do you like that person? Do, do you see yourself having a cup of coffee with that person? Do you see that person having the integrity that you have? If the answer is no, then don't go with them. 
Because if, if they at any point ask you to do something that's not in alignment with your core values, you will fail because you're not following their action steps. So those are the three filters I go by. The first thing I would have done going back, you know, to answer your questions, I would have hired a mentor and I would have hired the right mentor off that filter. Um, and then the, the other thing is I, I would say, um, to believe that it's possible. You know, most people don't find success because they have a limiting belief in themselves. They have a, a lack of self-confidence. And I had that. I told myself all the time that I was stupid. So I had to hustle. And that was the only way I'd ever find success. And I hustled and I worked and I worked and I didn't get ahead. And it wasn't until I started educating myself and believing in myself that I was smart enough to retain that I started having that exponential growth because now I took intelligent action with a lot of action. And so uh, Tony Robbins helped me overcome those limiting beliefs. And uh, I will always love that man because of what he did. He doesn't know who I am, I know, but I know <laughs> who he is, right? And what he did for me. And um, he, he talks about the cycle of success. Right. That if you don't start out with a massive amount of belief, you won't give massive action. You don't give massive action. You have crappy results and you say, see, I knew I was not capable and you spiral downwards in life. Mm -hmm. The opposite of tr is true. If you put a, if you believe 100 percent and have that conviction and, and give 110 percent, you'll get results. You say, see, I knew I could do it. And then you'll do the next thing and the next goal and you'll propel forward in life. And people will be like, oh, we always knew he's destined for greatness. It's like BS, <laughs> right? My teacher said I was horrible, right? In school. <laughs> you see all these successful people talk about all the people that doubted them because they were worthy of being doubted at some point, right? Mm -hmm. But they continued to propel forward in life. And so those would be probably the two things, believe in yourself. And that's why I did the 40 day challenge is I more than anything besides the action steps and what you do and how hard it is and how much work it is. I wanted you to see that, but I wanted you to have belief. I wanted to give you guys that gift. Mm. Super awesome. Zach, you're absolutely killing it. And the world appreciates your contribution for helping them. Um, to learn this and not have to pay such a big dummy tax, as Dave Meltzer calls it, um, and, and reinvent the wheel on something that you've done. And you're so graciously teaching others. It's, it'd be, it would be very easy for you to just take what you've learned and just hold it to yourself and capitalize on it and make a ton of money. The website is dfdmastery.com. You can go to dfdmastery.com or you can add forward slash 40 and 40. Mm -hmm. You could check out the video where you can see exactly how Zach did this. In 40 days, he took $1,000 and turned it into $40,000. But like he said, it wasn't like so, he had a magic you know, box. You actually turned it into more, didn't you? Yeah, I actually, oh. my goal was 40, but I yep. actually did 93,000 profit. 90, I actually really. picked up two rentals as well. If I turned around and sold them, I'd make another 110 grand profit. So I did really well. Yeah, really, really well. not a bad 40 days. That's not a bad for, 40 days. I think there. a lot of people would love those days. Yeah. Zach, thank you so much. We're going to have to plug in with you. I'd love to get you to collaborate with uh, a few of the groups that we have, maybe share your knowledge there as well. Um, you have a wonderful gift. And thank you for sharing that with the listeners of the None of Your Business podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone. If you're still listening to my ramblings, thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're still listening and we're here. So, Thank you so much for tuning in to yet again another episode of the None of Your Business podcast. We'll be back again next week. Brand new guests, new stories, new adventures, teaching you new things to help you to reach more people, make a bigger impact, and to create the lifestyle that you deserve. See you next week.